Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. This week, we discuss whether central banks are successfully reining in inflation and what the future of interest rates may mean for investors. With Maya Welford, behavioural finance expert, Alan Budenberg, investment consultant, and Francis Adai, senior investment strategist. Hello and welcome to another episode of Word on the Street. Today I'm joined by Alan Budenberg, who's going to provide us with an insight into the conversations we're having with our clients and asking the question, is there light at the end of the tunnel? First though, Francis, what's the latest in the markets? Hi Maya. So the latest in the markets, if if we just go back a little bit to, I don't know, late summertime, the broad theme around that time was that U.S. bond yields were rising quite rapidly, specifically U.S. real yields. So the inflation protected bond yields were rising quite rapidly, something that coincided with somewhat better U.S. economic growth and full in inflation. Now, that period um, also saw many of the risk assets sell off quite aggressively, which is not unusual when rates go up. You tend to see risk assets do poorly. Over the last maybe 10 days, two weeks, we've seen a big reversal in that. So what's happened is that the initial catalyst was the U.S. Treasury announcing that they plan on issuing less bonds than they have in previous quarters. Another notable observation since the summer has been the rise in term premium. So term premium is effectively what bond investors receive for buying bonds which have longer horizon, right? So you're parting with your way for a longer period of time instead of one year, say 10 year, and then you get an additional premium. Now that is something that typically tends to rise when there's an abundance of supply. So when there's more government bonds being issued, which is something the markets were expecting and seeing in the summer. But um, the announcement over the last few weeks that there will be less issued was also a big positive, which not only brought bond deals um, a bit lower, but also risk assets have recovered some of the losses they've made. And most recently, we also had an FOMC. So this is the US Central Bank meeting. And again, the message from there was that the Fed, the FOMC, is very close to finishing its interest rate hiking cycle, which means um, there's more downside from here. So there's a lot there. Thank you, Francis, for that. So interest rates are certainly in the headlines then. How has this changed the market rates being priced into markets? Broadly speaking, there's, there's I guess, two fronts where we've seen a change. Um, the first one being that specifically if we're talking about the US, markets do not expect any more interest rate hikes in December. So in the lead up to the most recent meeting, there was some probability, so I think around 40%, that number has come down quite drastically. And the other notable change in expectations is also that by the end of next year, markets are expecting something around 60, they expected interest rates to be 60 basis points lower from where they are now. Effectively, they expect the Fed to cut interest rates. Again, in the lead up to the meeting, that number was much closer to 20 basis points. So if you look at the US specifically, those are the two biggest changes we've seen. If we look at the other central banks who are also met, Bank of England or Bank of Japan, there wasn't really much a change there. So in the UK, we didn't see a, any drastic changes. Although last week there was a comment from one of the rate setting members at the Bank of England, Hugh Pill, who um, effectively said that he thinks where interest rates are now is probably restrictive enough, meaning there is no real need for them to go higher, which is something bond yields declined on after that message was sent out. 
That's really helpful. Thank you, Francis. So, Alan, I know we're having many conversations at the moment with clients and you've been traveling around the UK recently meeting with some of our clients. I'd like to bring you in here for your insights about what clients are thinking and also what we're saying in response. So let's start with interest rates and some of the points that Francis has just made. Yeah, thank you, Maya. Hello, everyone. Let's just think about those numbers that Francis has talked about. Because when you look at interest rates, you think about the Bank of England and the Bank of England sets base rates. So you think, well, how come longer term rates are moving? And this is the important point. So the base rates, that's the rate now, the spot rate, that's what the Bank of England decides. But those longer term rates, they're set in the market. So that's people buying and selling different government bonds. And the price those investors buy and sell those bonds at, that sets the yield or the return for that bond. And from that, you can calculate the interest rate. And that's what Francis is talking about. And I guess then this will be important for borrowers as well as clients who are investing with us. For, yes, certainly. So if you've got a mortgage, you may have mortgages and investments. You've, it was a strange moment the other week and the BBC was, I think it was, was talking about mortgage rates reducing, but the Bank of England was talking about interest rates rising. So this is all about the spot rates So the Bank of England talking about their rates and then the market, which is the longer term rates set by the market. That's where those were falling. Now, you've got a similar position around the world as uh, Francis just talked about for us. While we talk about think about the UK rates in our daily lives, we are global investors. We invest your money. It's across the world. And Chairman Powell, he's talked about coming very far in this rate hiking cycle. And he said, we are proceeding carefully. Now, when he said we're proceeding carefully, that's a very cautious statement. That was consistent with the central bank holding, keeping their rates on hold. So, Francis, what's our view then on longer term rates? Do we think rates have peaked? So the short answer is yes. We do think interest rates have somewhat peaked, as in they're near the region of the upside is, is much, much limited here than they were in the summer, for example. Now, we can make these claims um, with some certainty in the US or more certainty in the US simply because of how much inflation has come down in the US relative to other developed markets, for example. This is also not entirely surprising given that the US was quite aggressive in its interest rate hacking cycle and also started quite early. The other point which gives us some conviction that we're at their peaks or near the peak is that if you look at inflation expectations, so one year, 12 months forward inflation expectations, those have come down significantly. If you look at longer term inflation expectations, so something like five to 10 years, you can look at different surveys by consumers or businesses or economists. They all tell you the same picture. So longer term inflation expectations, they were relatively anchored, meaning they never rose substantially higher. Whereas the shorter term, which did rise higher, have come down. And by some measures, by some market implied measures, they're even already at the Fed's target, which is close to 2%, you know, between 2 to 2.4%. So that gives us some, some assurance that we're at relatively close to the peak of interest rate hiking cycle. So Alan, what does that mean for investors if we're at or close to the end of the interest rate increases? Yeah, I think there's a couple of points, Maya. Um, personally, if you're looking at cash rates, you know, some of those longer term cash rates might be linked to the market. So as Francesca has discussed, those market rates have fallen. So you may see some of those longer term cash rates being offered. They may change over the next few weeks. And secondly, if you do invest your cash on a term deposit, when this matures, the rates you may be offered on maturity 
maybe lower. So what do you do about this? What options are open to clients? Yeah, so we're talking a lot about this to clients at the moment. Uh, so my idea is where rates are at the moment. How can you benefit from that? And possibly where interest rates are and possibly they may fall. So think about some of the bond opportunities. That's what we're thinking about. Which, and they benefit from these high rates at the moment. Those sound interesting. It's worth, I think, pointing out some of those can work against investors. So if we think about what's happened over the last couple of years, holders of government bond and particularly those bonds which are longer term bonds have suffered some big losses as interest rates have risen. Yeah, that's right. So you're right, Maya. So it could be that rates fall, could we rise from here? Now we've got a view which Francis has just talked about, but it can always work in the opposite direction. I think we're old enough and wise enough to know that things can change. So if you but if you do buy those fixed rate bonds and you do see interest rates falls, as Francis has talked about, then they will do relatively well. What our view is obviously in these things, we look at these in a diversified portfolio. So you think about those will do well if interest rates fall, but then other things might do well in different types of the market. So let's give you an illustration of what I'm talking about here. Let's go back to cash rates. Now, the reason cash rates will stay high is if the economy is doing well, demand is strong and inflation keeps high. So what happens is central banks keeps rates high. So that's when cash does well. But on the other side, if the economy does slow down, central banks may consider interest rates, then you're holding longer term quality bonds, which are fixed into those interest rates. That's what you need to think about. And I think if we've learned one thing in the past few years, it is definitely that the future is uncertain. So we believe having investments which will do well in different scenarios is the right thing to do. And that's something we reiterate quite a lot on this podcast. We've talked about interest rates, but turning to the investing side, Alan, what are our current thoughts at the moment? Yeah, the last couple of years, they've been pretty tricky, haven't they? They've been a bit difficult. And it's not just bonds, but equities have also fallen last year. Now, I think that's happened maybe two, maybe three times over the last hundred years when you look at calendar years. So that's made it really difficult for investors. So it's easy to see how investors can get quickly get disillusioned, you know, that those experiencing those challenging times when they've seen those types of returns. And also, you know, you then link these types of returns to some of the really difficult news we see on the TV over the past couple of years. It would be remiss of me not to bring in that kind of behavioral finance perspective. You know, we are really drawn to kind of the negative over the positive. And when we're looking at kind of the news and the media, a lot of it is doom and gloom. So what are your thoughts there, Alan? Yeah, no, that's that's exactly the point, I think, at the moment. So you see these terrible things on the news and you then see your portfolio and link them. But it can obviously be sometimes be different things that affect your portfolio. So, for example, if you think about what's been the big driver in, in bonds over the last couple of years, that's been inflation has driven interest rates higher and therefore bond prices have been pushed lower. So it's whether you look at the different things on the news, that's one thing, but it's actually the strong demand in the economy that's caused this. Now, our view is some of these things have happened, but there may be opportunities out there. And it's often usually the case that, you know, by the time news hits the news and by the time we're aware of it, it's already been priced into the markets. So we talked in a previous podcast around how we recently changed our asset allocation and we were adding to a few areas of the portfolio which have struggled over the last couple of years and we see opportunities. Yeah, no, I, I go back to the clients and that, uh, clients I speak to 
I had a meeting recently, I sat down with a client with he holds some advisory positions. So these are positions where we give provide advice. And we what we said was we we're looking at things that have done well and the things that have done badly. And I was talking about those things that have done well, perhaps it's time to trim and cut some of those and to go and invest in some of those things that have done not so well. So he's asked, give me, Alan, why would you buy these things that have not done very well? But there are some really good examples out at the moment of things which over the last couple of years, you've seen them do poorly. But as, as Francis has talked about, if we start to see interest rates pivot, if we're seeing a different regime, different things will look attractive over the next uh, 12, 18 months. Yeah, definitely. That's really helpful. Another thing we've seen are the swings in sentiment over the last few weeks from the summer when sentiment was improving. And then in October, the mood of the market changed. Yeah, it did. It did. October wasn't very good. We weren't very happy in October, which is a sort of historical thing. Typically, October is not one of the best months for the market. Uh, but we saw those sell off. And then, then what happened? We didn't see spectacular news. All we saw was the US jobs market was slowing down. And then the central bank said they're a bit cautious and they're going to go on hold. Um, but what happened? We see one of the strongest weeks in the year. And that's been one of our conversations with clients is when things are really dark and really gloomy, you want to sell out because that makes you feel happy. That that's, makes you sold out. You feel there. But trying to sell out at those times of poor sentiment is obviously the not the best thing to do. So it's, it's trying to keep that discipline when you are disillusioned and markets aren't great. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's it it just kind of comes back to the role of behavioral finance and kind of understanding how clients might be thinking and feeling in these different circumstances and situations. And I know, Alan, you do a great job of providing that reassurance for clients. I think one of the key messages from us is kind of good days happen in bad markets. When everyone is really negative about the world is many times a better time to invest. And this really echoes what you've been sharing here, Alan. So thinking about sentiment and our conversation earlier about interest rates, what are we talking about here, Alan? Yeah, again, going back to that that pivotal point. Again, we've been talking about in this conversation, think about it for the last 18, 24 months, central banks have been raising rates to try and get inflation under control. And what they've been trying to do is slow the economy down. So if you've been holding investments over that period, it's pretty difficult. But the question is, is there a change in stance happening now? Why would you start to sell out now when you're seeing these different interest rate regime? So when historically, when rates do start to turn, this has been a positive market for both bond and equity markets. And possibly, possibly not the right time to bail out now, Maya. I definitely take your point here, Alan. I will flag that, you know, past performance is not a guide to future returns. And then also thinking about longer term returns. Yeah. And then I guess that's my final point for today, really. If you go back, let's look, let's look at the last, say, 40 years, annualised returns from global equity markets, in many times it's double digits. But the real point is, you only get those returns if you then hold it through the difficult periods. These returns, they don't appear every year. And there's a saying, there's no such thing as an average year in the market. So the markets have certainly beaten cash. But to achieve these returns, you need to hold your investments over difficult periods. And when I'm talking about the last 40 years, I'm talking about some really difficult periods, things like the financial crisis and the dot-com period as well. Thank you, Alan. And, and of course, thank you, Francis. And, and thank you for listening. So there's been plenty of thoughts today. Inflation is declining. Central bankers are becoming more cautious. 
the bond market and we're starting to think about the future of interest rates and those changes in sentiment. That's it for another episode of Word on the Street. Thank you for listening. All investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.